I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. And we're back for another episode of our podcast. This has been really fun so far. We've taken a couple weeks off from recording the last episode, and we've had lots of insights in the meantime, so we're excited to share those with you down the line. But today, we are going to take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of how we actually run our business and a little bit about how we run our life because those two are fairly well intertwined, and we do that on purpose. So... Mike, you want to go over the structure because you're really more the structure man? Yes. So Kate and I are married and we have one daughter, Penelope. That's the structure of our family. Pretty good. Right now, regarding our business, we have... Kate and I are the owners of the company called Freedom Family LLC. And this is very interesting for those of you that maybe are thinking about starting a business to just start pondering like what your structure would be like if you had a business. I think it's pretty important to... Think about the structure to take it from that. You know, it's like to have the ideas going into it when you go into it. So Kate and I are the co-founders of the Freedom Family LLC. I take more of the CEO role, the managing everything that's taking place. Kate is more of the like CCO, the chief creative officer. I guess if we actually ran a corporate, like we could come up with a structure and names. But that would be for her because she does a lot of the content creation ideas for new programs or anything that she would like to write about or talk about everything through her blog on katenorthrup.com and then we have a project manager named bonnie who runs a lot of the projects that we have going on to keep everybody else on task then we have one customer service specialist or customer care i forget her exact title name but her name is donna and she handles a lot of our incoming customer service requests through our email system called Help Scout. And then we have Tracy. Entreport is the system that we use for our email provider as well as selling stuff. You know, that's like how everything funnels through Entreport. So Tracy is the specialist within Entreport who really understands that really great. And then we have graphic designer, one or two of them. Our main graphic designer has been Natasha Lacos, who designed Kate's site. So she's been the main graphic designer, but we also have a couple others who are doing other things. And then we have a developer. So, and these people are not on full time at this moment for us. Like everyone is working freelance. We don't have enough happening in our business right now that requires a lot of full time folks. So that keeps everything pretty streamlined. And then the developer is Brandy. So Brandy is the one who is doing the programming, redevelop the entire backend of katenorthrup.com, redevelops anything else that we are creating. And then we have Julia, our amazing oh, yes. editor, who edits all of my writing and makes sure there aren't typos and makes sure the sentences make sense. Mm-hmm. And then we also have Joey, who lives in Hawaii, and he does various things. A lot of keynote. Yeah, he does like the keynote design. And then... We have our accountant and we have our lawyer and we have our bookkeeper. Anyone else? No, I don't think so. I think that's a pretty good team. I think that's, Um, yeah, that's our team. And like Mike said, we don't have anybody who's an employee. We've done that on purpose. We haven't needed to hire anyone full time. Mike and I, I would say nobody in our company works full time, including Mike and myself. (laughs) 
since Penelope came along, we really have restructured our lives and put a priority on spending time with our daughter. And right now she goes to daycare three full days a week and one half day. And so we have a day and a half of the work week that P is home with us. And usually we pick her up at like four or four thirty in the afternoon. So we get to spend some nice afternoon time with her before bedtime. And we usually drop her off between eight or 8.30, so we get to spend some nice morning time with her. And I got some feedback this past weekend at our Make a Life Not Just a Living event. We did a live event that was a bonus for our B-Schoolers this year for 2016 B-Schoolers. It was phenomenal. Such great people came. We had 40 people. We had somebody from Tokyo, somebody from the UK, a couple people from the West Coast, a lot of Canadians. It was fabulous, fabulous. And one woman came up to me and she gave me the feedback that I have been an example for her of somebody who is successful in business, but prioritizes family first and does so unapologetically. And that is something that I felt, it made me teary because I felt really proud of that, to be perfectly honest, that we could be an example for this beautiful young woman, beautiful business owner running a business with her husband, who also wants kids and has not seen that many examples of people who are successful entrepreneurs who do prioritize family and are unapologetic about that. So being able to organize our business and life structure to spend quality time with Penelope is really, really fun. And I'm so grateful for it. And we've, pretty cool. we've thought about it. Like it didn't happen by accident. And we also know, you know, Mike, you shared that you met that woman on a plane. Yeah, there was a woman I met on a plane Why Kate was pregnant and I was flying back from New York or something. And she said she just came back from taking her daughter or her daughter just graduated from boot camp. I think it was in Arizona and she was flying home and she was just talking about that experience, watching her daughter go to boot camp and how fast she's grown up. And she told me, and she goes, the only advice I would have for parents to spend the first five years, make less money, work a little bit less, and just have fun with your kids in those first five years. Because after those first five years, they're getting a little bit older. They're going to be going off to school. There's a lot more influences coming around from other external influences, right? And right now, Penelope's, you know, at daycare. So she gets the influence of other kids and the folks that are taking care of her. But from the aspect of going to school and teachers and other kids growing up and other adults that are in her life, just those first five years are super valuable and super important and to really treasure those times. And I would say from a family standpoint, we've done a really good job. Penelope's 10 months old, 10 and a half as we're recording this. So from that aspect, I believe we've done a really good job of just being there for her, being with her, having fun. And I really probably say undervalue that a little bit. Well, I mean, the other day we had our friends Brianna and Peter Borton visiting from Colorado and they run the Dragon Tree Spa and they have this dream book and a course about dreams and they're awesome, awesome spa wellness people and also manifesting, you know, personal growth type people. And they changed their plans slightly to come earlier. And I was able to just pick Penelope up at noon at daycare and be like, we're going to go to the beach for the afternoon just spontaneously. And, you know, I think we do undervalue that. We forget that that's actually a really big deal. Now, I also want to point out something that the woman on the plane said, which is make less money. So work less and make less money in those first five years. And I just want to challenge that assumption that because we work less, it means we automatically make less money. Mm -hmm. And last year in 2015, 
we took off four weeks for a honeymoon and I did really the bare minimum when I was pregnant. I was so tired during the pregnancy and we made the same amount minus like, I don't know, a couple thousand dollars, $20,000 less than the year before. But that's not, I mean, we had made $600,000 or something around there. Like when you're in that range of income, $20,000 is not like a significant amount less to have worked so much less than we did the year before. So it was a powerful example. So yeah, we choose to work less so we can be with our baby girl, but I am still, you know, I'm really enjoying living into the question of, does that mean also earning less? And so far we found that that's not the case. Now that has required training ourselves to work on the essential things and not get distracted and not be addicted to just being busy because it looks better or, you know, we're thinking we need to prove something. So anyway, we can come back to the structure of our business and talk about kind of how we run our planning and how we run things on a weekly basis to make sure that projects are getting completed. Yeah. And the reason that Kate just shared about taking some time off and especially now that having a baby and the prioritization of that, I mean, we're still trying to figure that out now. Like we just decided to do, and because she's changing so much as a little human, that changes our schedule. Where if we're locked into a certain schedule, like we're screwed. There's no way we're going to be able to maintain that where we have to be flexible as business owners and as parents because Penelope's schedule is changing. Naps are a little bit different than before. Daycare is also on a flexible schedule. That's not locked in every week. And just who she's becoming and how she's operating is much different than, let's say, five or six months ago. So our business and how we're operating has changed. She's waking up a little bit earlier now than before so that has to change and then who's taking care of her in the morning who's not taking care of her in the morning so it's been a it's an ongoing journey that can constantly changes and i think it's actually really good for our business from that aspect because it keeps us flexible so if we had everything the same every single day and for years and years and years yeah that's good to have consistency but that could also it could be too stagnant mm-hmm. and so with running our business being able to take the time off and being able to be flexible with Penelope, what we really did in 2015 and we're still doing in 2016 was letting go of control of certain things. So what does that mean? That means having someone else run Entreport instead of me running Entreport. That means having somebody else kind of manage the projects instead of myself managing the projects. That means having somebody else answer customer service emails instead of Kate and I. That means even at our house, You know, having someone clean the house instead of us cleaning the house. Now, many of you might be new into business and starting off, but you have to figure out what are those things that are not sparking joy to you to do and try to get rid of them as soon as possible. No matter what stage of business, there's someone that can help you. Even if you're brand new and just like, I can't afford somebody, right? That's the biggest thing we're going to hear regarding the structure of building your business. You will be able to find someone within your price range to help you. It's out there, especially now because of the internet, right? There's so many websites. Fiverr is a great example, or it's called Upwork now, which used to be Elance and Elance and the other company that I can't remember, but they combined. So now it's Upwork. You can find somebody there, like online jobs in PH, I think is .ph. So it's like the hiring Filipinos. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah, in the show notes. And then Chris Ducker's program, Virtual Staff Finder. You know, there is people to help you build your business. They're out there. And the mentality of what Kate talked about, 
where the woman on the plane gave me that advice was great if we're in a corporate career. And if you're in a corporate career, that's fabulous, right? But it's the mentality inside of there is continually grow, continually train yourself, continually to move up the ladder and, and grow and grow. And as business owners, we want to continually grow our business as well. But to just sit back and maybe by outsourcing, let's say the house cleaning, let's start super simple. That gives you an extra two to three hours a week where you can write an email or shoot another video or do a Facebook live video that will attract customers to your business. I mean, this is a whole other episode, but I really recommend identifying what are the essential few things that you could be working on that actually move the needle forward in your business. So what are the things that actually make an impact? Like answering your email is not something that makes an impact. Searching through your Facebook feed does not move the needle forward in your business. But I know for me, like writing marketing copy moves the needle forward in our business. Writing my blog moves it forward. Working on content our long-term planning and strategizing, all those things. So we could do another episode on that, but it's really important to look at, okay, look at your hourly rate. Like how much do you make an hour? Now, if you're an entrepreneur, it's not exactly an hourly rate, but let's say, you know. You divide what you... On average, how many hours a week do you work by how much? Not even that. I mean, to keep it simple, what's your revenue for last year? So if we made 600000 divide that by 52 because there's 52 weeks in the year, and then you can divide it by 40. So let's just say you're working 40 hours a week. Right. And that'll give you a roundabout. A roundabout. But the point is that if you can hire somebody to do something for less than your hourly rate, like you need to be doing that. So even if you say, so I, you know, I'm a coach and I charge $100 an hour for my sessions. Okay. And So therefore, you should be hiring somebody to clean your house because that person might charge $20 an hour or $25 an hour. And during that hour that they're cleaning your house, you can be doing coaching sessions or you could be finding new business for your coaching business or whatever. And so this idea that somehow that there's like a badge of honor for doing it ourselves nobody is going to be giving out those badges at the end of life. In fact, the more we think that we have to do everything ourselves, the more we limit the flow of abundance in our lives, because in a way it's hoarding that abundance. Because if you make a hundred dollars an hour and you're not willing to pay somebody else less than that to do a task that maybe is not the highest use of your time, that's actually kind of stingy. It's a little bit Ebenezer Scrooge-ish. So that's why we have people to help us because they have gifts and talents. Like there's no way I can do graphic design like Natasha does. Her stuff is gorgeous and I don't know how to do that. So why would I not pay her to do that? And this might be hard for you like it was for me being a guy who grew up in the Midwest and grew up where everything has to be done by you to be correct. Like that was the mentality that I had growing up. And I'm sure that came from the environment. I'm sure that came from, you know, family dynamics, all of that stuff. So it's good to recognize what your mentality is when we talk about finding other people to help you, right? Kate doesn't have the same feeling like that around other things. If she's not good at it, she just will find somebody else to do it or won't do it at all. Yeah, I don't really have I I mean, I do understand the philosophy of like, I should be able to do this by myself. And there are areas of my life that I feel like I should be able to do things. But 
when it comes to our business and definitely when it comes to things I know I don't like to do and that I'm no good at, like I'm not good at cleaning the house. Why? (laughs) I'm, you know, I can sweep, but like, (laughs) I don't have the attention to detail. Like it just wouldn't come out as well as when Sarah does it. But I will say, you know, my mom, Christian Northrup, she's always been pretty great, especially, you know, let's say in the last 20 years at getting help. You know, she says that she lives in assisted living, even though she lives on her own. She doesn't live in an assisted living facility, but she has people that help her out with different things. And she really has dialed in her life. So she is only doing the things pretty much that she loves to do and that she's good at and that move the needle forward for her business, whether that's writing books, whether that's working on content, shooting videos, doing strategic planning, whatever it is. Like she's not doing any admin work. She's not doing logistics. She just doesn't do that stuff. And in fact, I think that if anything were to happen to Diane, who runs her business, I don't know what would happen. I think she would be lost. I mean, it's the same thing. Like, I don't know all the pieces that run our business, you know, and I'm okay with that. I know our friend Danielle Laporte doesn't even have the login to her own WordPress site back office. And that's, I'm sure she knows where to find it, but that's powerful Mm -hmm. in terms of team environment. So do you want to talk about how we structure our weeks? Sure. And the overall projects and stuff? Yeah. So let's talk about structure of weeks and organization around there. Now, for the most part, our year, what Kate and I do, let's start a big picture for the year and then we'll break it back down from there. So each year in December, her and I sit down, and this might expand into other team members in the future, but for the most part right now, which makes the most sense, is that her and I sit down, we go over what went well, what didn't go well, what did we accomplish, like cities and states and countries we traveled to from a personal perspective. So what went well in our personal life? And then we break it, what went well in our business, what didn't go well, what could we do better at, stuff like that. So, and then goals, like what did we accomplish this year? We launched, let's say, the audiobook for Money, a Love Story. So that has been launched in 2016. So that will be an accomplishment for this year that we'll write down. So this is what we do in December, and we've done this the last three years, I believe. I think so. Like, I think it's the last three years, which is cool, and it's in one notebook, so we can go back every year and just look at what has been accomplished. One of my things is I love buying blank books, so I got a special one for this, and I really recommend that. And we did this growing up. We had a book that was for our New Year's Eve ceremony every year, and the whole family, we would go around and do completions and new beginnings and desires. Yes. And I like it. It's not something that I did growing up, but I like it because then you can go back to two years ago and be like, oh, remember we went to the Maldives on our honeymoon? You know, stuff like that. And especially now with having a baby, like time, they always say that word time flies. I never understood it until we had a baby because it's really true. And I think it has to do with like a lot of sleep deprivation, a whole bunch of other things that it all just kind of runs together. And you're like, Oh my gosh, it's August. It's so true. I was trying to tell my sister stories when she was here last weekend. And I would say, well, it was two weeks ago. Actually, maybe it was three months ago. Well, I know it was in the past. Like That's all I know. (laughs) It's crazy. It's crazy. Anyway. Mm -hmm. So back to our planning. So we sit down and we're like, okay, what would we like to get done next year? And this year, in December, we're going to sit down for 2017 and lay out like vacation weeks. So we make sure that we schedule the projects around our vacation when we actually want to take time off. 
Because what we've done up to this point is we end up doing launches while we're traveling. Like we're supposed to be on vacation, but we're not really on vacation because we have business launches going on at the same time. We didn't do that during our honeymoon, which was great. We did not. We really did take four weeks off. Really took some time off, which was awesome. My optimal would be one vacation a quarter. So one week off a quarter minimum. And then like six or seven weeks. A vacation a year. Yeah, at least. Yeah, but I'm just saying a minimum. Of four oh, a year, for sure. and then possibly some long weekends right. thrown in there. Well, as well. I also counting like Christmas into this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, those last two to three weeks of the year, we could really just kind of chill. Yeah, stuff sure. like that. So I think is building around the holidays are great. I remember I had a coworker when I worked at Philip Morris. I think he had six weeks of vacation or four weeks. I think it was four weeks of vacation, and he would take the entire month of December off. So he'd work all year periodically here and there. So I think he had five or six weeks, and then he would take the chunk of it at the end of the year, which I thought was always interesting. It is interesting. But he always saw people. He had great times. So that was what he loved to do. So we, for 2017, we'll go ahead and plan out some projects that we want to accomplish. Now, we don't know everything that's going to happen in 2017 at the end of this year. What we've done in the past is we have a pretty good idea for at least the first quarter, second quarter time frame, usually, is what happens in December. And then the third and fourth quarter, we have ideas like this year we wanted to redo, completely redo the Money Love course and do something completely different. And we were going to launch that in the fourth quarter. So we had to start planning a little bit earlier, but we just scrapped that whole project. So that really created a lot of free space in the fourth quarter coming up of this year. And the best way to create more time, the fastest way to create more time is to cancel projects. So just a little note on that. <laughs> yeah. Canceling projects really creates for you really and travel and project like canceling, canceling stuff anything. is awesome. Canceling anything <laughs> is awesome. Highly recommend it. We can do a whole nother. It really makes me like Saying it, it no. creates a feeling of freedom so instantly. It's amazing. Yes. Love it. So we end up sitting down at the end of the year and we start planning that stuff out. So now let's break it down per quarter. So for in second quarter, well, we're, what are we in? We're in the, we're third, in the third, end of the third quarter. Third quarter. So third quarter this year, we wanted to launch the audio book. Oh, no. We're midway through the third quarter. Yeah, because yeah, third quarter uh, is July, August, September. Yeah. So the second quarter, third quarter, we wanted to launch the audio book. We work backwards. It is called reverse engineering. We take the project of the audiobook and then we decide what has to happen. First, we have to record the audiobook. So Kate has to be in the booth to record the audiobook. And then after the audiobook is done being recorded, first we have to plan it. So we planned it. And then she went to record it. And then the editor that went through it edited the book. And then we have to figure out how to sell the book, which you can do via Amazon, via this website called acx.com, I believe. It'll be in the show notes where you can sell your audiobook. And then we promote it. So that's pretty much a very small sample of how we go about planning projects. We start with the big picture, which is the book or let's say I want to lose 20 pounds from all the baby weight I put on when Kate was pregnant. Right. So I want to lose 20 pounds and then I just work backwards from that. Right. I'm not going to lose it overnight, but basically I have to change my diet. I have to change my workouts a little bit, mainly the diet more than anything else. And also the emotional roller coaster that goes on in my own head when it comes to food. Right. So I would just work backwards to make sure that those three things are being met. And then eventually I'll lose the 20 pounds. And then what we do periodically throughout the year is like we have an ongoing projects list. And so oftentimes it's up on a big piece of paper 
in the office where Mike works. And then I work over in a little office off of our bedroom, but we both work from home, but two different rooms because we drive each other crazy when we work in the same room. We've tried that. It doesn't work. And so we just visit each other throughout the day. (laughs) And we actually recently figured out that our phone has an intercom system. So I can even just talk to Mike without even walking over here, but I don't do that very often. So usually we have a projects list and then we just write it in number of priority because what we found is that in the past, we were trying to do maybe four to five projects at a time. And what ended up happening is we were never finishing any projects because we were working on five things at once. We were so unfocused that you know, when I sat down to work during the day, I would work a little bit on project five, and then I would work a little bit on project one, and then a little bit on project, you know, four, and then I would start project seven, and then nothing ever got finished. So now we know as a team and which project is a priority and what we're working on. And then if your task within that project gets completed, you can then go work on the next project. But until the project is completed, That's what we're focused on. And that's been really hard for me as somebody who I hate finishing things and I love starting them. So I really have to hold my toes to the fire to like follow through before saying, okay, next shiny object. But honestly, it's moved our business forward so much and I feel so much more solid as a result of that. And when I have new ideas, I put them either in Basecamp, our project management software, in an idea file or in Evernote, just depending on what project those ideas are for. So I do capture my new ideas so I don't feel like they're going to be gone. But I definitely really recommend working on one thing at once. So we have the project list. It's in number of priority. And then we revisit that list from time to time because things shift. Like we don't know everything at the beginning of the year. Like for example, this year, we didn't know what it would be like to have a 10 and a half month old. We only knew what it was like at that point to have a three and a half month old. So we've been adjusting things as we go. But each week we have a team meeting on go-to meeting so we can all see each other's faces. And then our project manager, Bonnie, usually is the one who leads the agenda on that meeting. And she goes through the different things that are happening. And then we talk about what the different tasks are and make sure everybody kind of knows what they're supposed to be doing. I make my to-do list each week based on that meeting. And then I know kind of what Bonnie's expecting from me and then what's necessary for me to not be holding up the team, basically. And that's what we do. And then Mike and I often have offline conversations like yesterday. We ended up having a conversation mapping out a launch that we're working on that we'll update the team on today. Perfect. Yeah. And on a weekly basis, I mean, it's really just knowing what project we're focused on and what the deadlines are. And we put the tasks in Basecamp. We put the projects in Basecamp. We put the tasks in Basecamp with due dates and reminders. And that really seems to work for us. I mean, occasionally things fall through the cracks, but I would say 80% of the time we're pretty on it and where everybody communicates. So we're not emailing back and forth all day, which is really helpful. You want to see if you can reduce your email. That's a really helpful thing. So if you're just only emailing with your team, consider a project software. But if you don't have a team and you're emailing with one person and that works for you, then that's totally fine. That way we have a structure and we know that you know, I'm not the only one holding the bag at the end of the day. Mike's not the only one. It's a team effort. And so we have Bonnie and we have Tracy and we have Julia and we have these wonderful people who work with us so that we can all benefit with this same common vision of getting a project done and each person can bring their skill set. And it's a heck of a lot more fun running a business that way than running it just by yourself. So I would recommend having at least one person you can work with 
ASAP, even if that's a virtual assistant who you're paying a couple of dollars an hour who's overseas, just to take a little bit off your plate. Mm -hmm. Freeing up your time is the key. Mm -hmm. Figuring out (laughs) some way, somehow to eliminate doing things from your life. Yeah. You don't get a lot of joy from. It's almost like I wish sometimes we lived in a bigger city because we could outsource grocery delivery. You could outsource, you know, it's like a lot of those things are in a big city so easy because anything get delivered, but you know, but then you have the downside of traffic and things like that. But the aspect of what we do is our philosophy is to really just kind of outsource our life. Like that's the way I look at it. It's like, how can we outsource our life to only leave each one of us doing the things that really spark us joy. Like Absolutely. Really great, right? Yeah. So working out is something that I enjoy. And that you can't outsource. Correct. So it's one of those <laughs> things that I can't outsource. Like, for instance, like Kate's writing, we cannot outsource that. But she really gets a lot of joy on, yes, we can hire a copywriter to do that type of stuff. But to write individual blog... Like that's something that really sparks Kate a lot of joy. And when she's writing like maybe sales copy or something like that, if that doesn't really spark her joy, we'll find somebody else to do that. But for the most part, we have to give her the space each week in our business that allows her to get that weekly blog done, for instance. And I really recommend if you're unclear on what those things are for you that are important to be working on, like if it just all seems important, I really recommend reading the book Essentialism by Greg McCowan. It will really drive home the idea. It's not about minimalism. It's not necessarily about less. It's about essentialism. So what actually is essential and how you can actually live your life by getting more out of it by doing less. I think we live in such a culture of do more, do more, do more, do more. And this whole sub movement that's forming about doing less is so powerful. It's something I'm really, really passionate about. And to me, I found the most freedom in my life through boiling down what's actually necessary, what's not necessary, and seeing how you can create more time through doing less and simplifying your life and cutting things out. So that's always a priority in our life is thinking, how can we leverage things? How can we get more results through less actions? How can we impact more people you know, with less effort? Things like that. Because the reality is we all do have a limited amount of energy in our day and a limited amount of energy that we can expel. And so I know I want to keep that energy for Mike, for Penelope, for myself to do good work. And if I have my energy spraying all around, like doing all these miscellaneous tasks, I get cranky. My energy shifts. And so every time I notice that I'm feeling that crankiness and that my energy is feeling like it's spraying all over the place, I write that down and I make sure that I add that to our list of tasks that need to be delegated. Because when I feel that, if I feel irritable, if I feel cranky during the workday, if I feel tired during the workday, that's when I notice, okay, what's happening right now? And is this a task that even needs to be done? Period. That's the first question to ask. And then B, is there someone else who could do this task? great. I think that's a good place to end. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Kate. If you like what you hear, we'd love a review left over on iTunes. All the show notes, anything like that can be found at katenorthrope.com forward slash podcast. You can leave a comment. We'd love to get your thoughts. What do you guys do? What's the question we would like to leave with them? What are the three most essential tasks that you know you need to focus on in order to move the needle forward in your business and possibly in your life. It's perfect. Love it.
Have a great day. See you next time. See you guys. Bye. Ever feel like you're constantly doing things, but aren't able to carve out the time or energy for the things that really matter to you? Mike and I want to share our top five tools for making a life, not just a living. To learn what they are, go to katenorthrup.com forward slash tools. See you on the next episode.